in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike, that's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, Joe lives in LA, and we have been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Long time no talk. Yeah, it's been so long, huh? <laughs> uh, tomorrow, Mike, uh, as we've discussed in the show, I've been losing weight, and that Mike and I both use my fitness pal, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, we expect to see the status update. Uh, Joe completed his uh, diary. What, do you, what does that mean? That mean that's to me that's the go to phrase which you weren't under your calorie goal and you didn't lose weight you probably gained weight. Oh. Like when when it just says, um, Mike Lawson completed his diary. Oh, that happens a lot. Well, in the <laughs> beginning it happened a lot because I would be, I when I started I was just kind of tracking a normal day. I didn't uh-huh. make any changes. I just wanted yeah. to see like what was happening. Which is smart. Right Very there. smart. So I did that for about a week, and in that week, I was normally like almost 500 to 1,000 calories over the calorie goal. Mm-hmm. So, But now it's gotten better. Pretty much every day, there's a little bit of a deficit. Yeah. You know, uh, what's funny is uh, everybody, when I started this diet, I started it back in August, September, they would always say like, whoa, man, you, Christmas is going to be rough, you know? And I knew this then, and it played out, and that's why I planned for it, but... I knew Christmas wouldn't be rough because Christmas, I feel, or Christmas parties are very um, sweets-oriented, mm-hmm. and I'm not really a sweets person. And so I always said this. I was like, the Super Bowl is going to be rough. Yeah. You know? Well, I could see Thanksgiving, too. Like, there's just a lot to eat. It's not like cookies and stuff. It's like food, dinner. That meal is big. For for which, for which one? Sorry. Thanksgiving. Uh, sorry, Apple Store Nate was calling me right now, which I haven't talked to him in a long time since I needed something. Like, why? I don't need something on my iPhone fixed. Why is he calling me? Do you want to uh, get it? We'll just kind of hang out and listen. I totally should, actually. <laughs> I knew, it, like, the call already went to voicemail. Anyway, to what, what, Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving is just one meal, so you can easily do that one, right? And there's a lot of things you can play around with. Super Bowl, man, and I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And so I just was like, well, here's what I did. I only ate really, really light breakfast. I didn't eat lunch, but still, man, I still ate through Sunday and Monday, man. I had fucking Doritos, nachos, uh, uh, Totina's pizza rolls, you know, uh, pretzel dog, those little pretzel dog bites. I just had some banana cream pie. Uh, that's pretty much, that was pretty much what I had. And by the way, I made a pulled pork. Did you eat any? I, no. People liked it, but I was just so full from like the nachos and pretzel dogs and Doritos and chips and guac. And like, just, I just love fucking finger foods. I just love them. That yeah. is my downfall. 
is finger foods. Guacamole sounds so good right now. Oh my god, it was so good. Everything was so good. So I didn't even have time. I didn't have room for enough my own food that I made. Uh, well, maybe there will be some leftover, and you could eat it like for lunch tomorrow. Well, actually, this um, no, no, I can't eat. No, I can't eat it for. Oh, I guess I could have the pulled pork because actually, I, you know how my fitness pal, you can put a recipe in, mm-hmm. and it'll give you the calories. Uh, I put this pulled pork in just to prepare, and uh, it wasn't that bad. So you know what? I probably could actually. Um, and while you're listening uh, to CU Podcast, I want to tell everyone out there, if you want to join us on MyFitnessPal, use the offer code CU <laughs> It sounds like we're a commercial for it, but it's actually we, – we both use the free app version. You don't pay for the upgraded one, right? There's an upgraded one? What does the upgraded one do? I don't actually know. I'm pretty sure there's like a pro. My Fitness Pal Pro or something. You know, it was always something stupid. Like you get more exercises, right? Yeah, no. or you don't. You don't see the one banner ad or yeah, something I, like I, that. Are there ads in that app? Yeah, I think so. At least oh, on the website, there is. I've never even noticed. So, My Fitness Pal, you can uh, be our friend on there if you want to start counting your calories. We um, should. We should ask people to. Would you be? Would you be friends with the listeners? Oh, hell yeah. I'm friends with a lot of people on there already. Um, there's a few podcast friends that are listeners or also podcasters that I'm friends with. Oh, um, they're not friends already. with me. Yeah. Hmm. Well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> on the app or in real life. Yeah, all my podcasters. <laughs> yeah, I know. All my podcaster friends uh, write to me and ask for pulled pork recipes. <laughs> Taylor the Latte Boy from uh, Pod is My Co-Pilot saw my Instagram post and wanted to know the recipe. So I sent mm. it to him. But, you know, that transitions into my first story, which is today's Super Bowl party. Um, I planned it with my mom. Yeah. And, of course, had the same fight we have every year, which is uh, I just wanted to have a, a small amount of food because people just really want appetizers. And, of course, I just told you what I ate. My mom also made a giant pot of chili. Can yeah. I please tell you she made the, the chili? Because she's like, I'm not going to ask Elma to make it because Elma makes way too much. And she made a giant pot of chili mm-hmm. for 12 people. So she made chili and that makes you mad somehow? Um, there was also two giant bowls of pan dulce. That you had to cook? No. No, okay. I was just only responsible for the pulled pork. Okay. I'm trying to get at oh, why well, you're angry about this. Stuff. I don't like food waste. I don't like waste. Well, it'll get eaten. It's not like she's throwing food out at the end of the night, is it? There'll be some food thrown out, yes. I mean, she's going to give as much away as possible, but but who's going to want, like, Mike, for 10 people with a bunch of other food, she bought one of those giant cans of that shitty nacho cheese that you get, like, at baseball uh, stadiums. I Mike, love that shit, but it is I do, awful. No, I love it. I That's what I yeah. ate today, right? Mike, she filled a whole crock pot with it. <laughs> who's going to take that home? Like, oh, yeah, I'll just uh, put that in a cup and I'll take that home. Yeah. Right? So uh, once again, there was too much food, and then I had a. I think I got to bed really late last night, mm-hmm. and like Mike, one o'clock in the morning, and I had to wake up at five to start the pulled pork. So I'm I'm, I'm operating on four hours of sleep. Could you have started the pork and gum? You're not a go back to sleep kind of guy, though. No, no. But and you then, you could do like a midday nap, can no, you? I can, but this was here's the thing. I was planning on just setting the pulled pork in the in the cooker, and then just. Going back to bed, because usually with a pulled pork, it's it's mostly set it and forget it. I don't know what the fuck was up with the weather today or what was happening. I had a baby this pulled pork the whole – the temperature was all over the place. So I had to keep 
like regulating the temperature and making sure it was, in the, it was either – I have a little remote thermometer and it would keep beeping if it was too high or too low. I had to sit there and watch it for literally seven hours. Like let me tell everyone this behind the scenes. Mike Your and life I, is so hard. Mike though. and I were supposed to record in the morning. I had to put it off to the evening because I was like, Mike, I, I can't I can't deal with this right now. I was like, there's a your, lot. Your text said there's so much drama and your drama was the temperature of your pulled pork? Yes. That was the drama. <laughs> I thought like there was like a family fight or like no. something big was happening. No. No, the the temperature would <laughs> the temperature wouldn't stay consistent, and the and so I had to sit there and literally imagine staring at a Weber kettle grill for seven hours. Okay. It was like half an episode of what some would call lies. <laughs> but there's one funny quote from the party, which is, uh, "I'm sitting there, my aunts are there, everyone's talking and having a good time, and it was during the halftime show, and my aunts were talking about they didn't know who Katy Perry was." So they're like, they should get somebody like Kenny G. Right? No. Which, yes. Which, by the way, one of my aunts goes, oh, Betty. Betty's my mom's name, by the way. Oh, Betty, did you hear? Kenny G came out with a a, a, a Spanish album. And I was he like. He doesn't sing. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? My mom's like, and I was like, that doesn't make it. I said, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. And my mom goes, you see how he is. That's all she said. <laughs> I was just saying that he plays the saxophone. Right. Was, she, that's what she said. She goes, he. Can, that's what I, I'm going to clarify it because it sounds like Spanish music and music from Spain. She said, Kenny. Oh, did you hear? Kenny G came out with a uh, a new album and it's all music in Spanish. And I was like, what? <laughs> Do people ever sing on his albums? Like he has singers sing with him. They don't sing or sing a song. They should have words. They don't sing a Kenny G song. They don't have words. I have no idea what you're talking about. Why do I know the tune to this Kenny G song? That's a Kenny G song. But there's no words to it. I just made it up. That's awesome. I'm, so clear, Super Bowl, I'm clearly in a, in a food coma from Super yeah. Bowl. Joey, I wanted to tell you, uh, I've talked in the past about how I was consulting on this project on mobile apps and diabetes. Remember mm-hmm. this? Yeah. And the last meeting was really rough. And I've been taking the Amtrak up to Sacramento for these meetings. And we, we meet at UC Davis Medical Center, which is in Sacramento, not Davis. Mm-hmm. It kind of like um, UCI is in Irvine, but UCI Medical Center is in like orange or garden grove right yeah so um a couple weeks ago somebody posted a video this is like a a tangent but it makes sense somebody posted a video of oprah doing some sort of q a session um she's in this like overstuffed chair oh yeah you know she has those specially designed chairs where like they're super big so she looks tiny yeah yeah so this video has oprah talking at length about how nothing really matters like basically how we get all caught up on how people perceive us and how we let like feelings of guilt or shame get in the way of like doing things. Yeah. And That's straight up Marianne Williamson type shit. Yeah. Well, don't they kind of. I they're mean, they're, they're friends. Like, yeah. She's like a yeah, yeah. spiritual advisor. Yeah. So like basically nothing matters is what the video said. And I kind of have taken like I the video for some reason was a little inspirational. Um, I put it to work in a couple different times in my life. And then this last meeting with this group, I kind of went in thinking like nothing happens. 
or nothing matters. Because, uh, like, I feel like, uh, like I've been sitting on my hands with this Why? board a lot because they're all doctors, they're all researchers, and then there's me mm-hmm. who, like, I, I update Facebook for a living. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just felt a little intimidated. Uh, but this last meeting, Oprah was talking to me the whole time, and it was one of the most productive meetings. Like, I just basically figured they invited me for a reason, and nothing matters, so just speak up and, mm-hmm. you know, give your opinion, whatever. Yeah. And it was a super productive meeting, like I said, and there's even, like, this chance that I'll be presenting some of the data at a conference that we're doing in New Orleans this summer. So, like, good things came out of this this one session, and I thank Oprah for that. Um, so, I don't know. Channeling Oprah is a good idea. But, Joey, the very next day, I get to the office in Berkeley. And I'm going through my RSS reader like I usually do in the beginning of the day. And a specific headline stands out, and I have it here. It says, patient tested for Ebola at UC Davis Hospital. So a local hospital in Sacramento. Was Philip anywhere near? (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) Joe. Uh, this local hospital in Sacramento transferred a, pers- a person that they suspected to have Ebola to the UC-, UC Davis Hospital, which is the building that I was sitting at the day before. So uh, UC Davis Medical Center is actually one of, I think, like two or three California hospitals that are equipped to handle cases of, of Ebola. And in November, California actually adopted like really strict guidelines on how we could handle cases of e- Ebola here. And currently, it's like the strictest in the country. Um, And that's a protocol they use at UC Davis. So the news freaked me out a little bit. But uh, because I was just there and there was somebody when I was there getting introduced at the hospital. Oh, God, I hope you have Ebola. But (laughs) I'm not freaked out for two reasons. Number one, I didn't touch anybody's poop. I was in a conference Mm. center. So like, no, I'm pretty sure I didn't touch anyone's Mm. poop. I didn't. I don't think so this time. Mm. And then number two, nothing matters. Like, who yeah. cares? Oprah knows. None of this is real, Mike Lawson. Yeah. So Ebola tests take like two days to come back. And it turns out two patients were uh, – act- two patients showed up t- at the UC Davis Medical Center showing symptoms consistent with viral illness. But also they both had a history of travel to Ebola-affected countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but luckily – I put this on the 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 notes. Wait, I just want to clarify. Show. And Philip wasn't anywhere near the place. I don't think so. No. Okay. So on Friday morning, I read that both patients tested negative for Ebola. So I'm I'm not really one to freak out, but I it was a little too close for comfort. Like I I just was kind of keeping an eye on that news story because I was there, and it just kind of concerned me a little bit. I feel like. If my mom were in on this story, it would have been the end of the world. She would oh. have been I would have been sleeping in a bubble or something. Oh. My mom would have sued the hospital. <laughs> and the words HIPAA uh-huh. and like administrator and all that would have been thrown around and Would you uh, freak out if you were at a meeting in the hospital the day an Ebola patient was introduced? Would you freak like, out? Like like introduce like everyone, this is Ebola. Ebola, mm-hmm. this is everybody, like that? Or, like, just was in the hospital? Just in the hospital, no. You don't care? No, because I think I knew already. You have to have, like, direct contact with the yeah. patient. Well, what if you knew you met the guy? Would you freak out then? 
I might freak out a little bit. You know, I, I, you know, I act real ballsy right now. Like, what do I don't give a shit, right? Today, I was sitting down staring at the cooker. Uh huh. Right? And I felt this like weird sensation in my chest, you know? And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm having a heart attack right now. Uh, but I don't want to scare anybody, but I'm having a heart attack and we'll just yeah. see where this goes. And then like I'm, I shifted in my chair and then I just let out this huge burp. Uh huh. And the, it, that went away. And I was like, oh, like just like I had like, like I had a burp and I thought I was having a heart attack. So it's I'm true the that, biggest hypochondriac. It's true that like, um, heartburn symptoms very often get confused for heart attacks. Have you heard that? Yes, I do know that. That's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. I got sent to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack once. Was it heartburn? No, it was an anxiety attack, a severe oh. anxiety attack. What happened was it was when I first started my business, like literally the very first class I was ever running as my business, mm-hmm. and I had reserved this room, and I had like 20 kids coming the next day. It was like the most kids that I ever had as my, as my own business, right? And then the woman who Why would up, that make you anxious? No, though, like- no. The woman who set up the class – you know, the from the school, mm-hmm. set up the classroom for me, calls me literally if the class is on Saturday morning, like Friday night at 9 p.m. Like, oh, you know what? I found out I can't rent you the room. What? And I had like 20 kids showing up on Saturday morning. What did you end up doing? Um, I landed up getting a room somewhere else. Like last minute, I called in a favor. And then um, friend of the show, Beth, actually went to that room and handed out flyers telling kids that it got moved. And, uh, yeah, but this so, was so, awful first impression. But, like, at four in the morning, though, yeah, at four in the morning, I woke up with, like, I was like, I'm having a heart attack, but it was really an anxiety attack. So, like, it was insane because I went to the hospital, got checked that I wasn't having a heart attack, was out by 8 a.m., and then rushed over to work and taught a class. I lived in Southern California at that time. How come I don't know this story? I don't know. You were helping me with my business at the time. A little bit. Mike, you don't work for the other company anymore. You don't have to hide. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to hide anything. We're going to what? hire you and fire you again. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with you in uh, L.A.? What's going on besides your wonderful Super Bowl? I recently went to. You remember I went to that crying party last week. Yeah. Well, the same people. I guess I'm going on their circuit of parties. The same people who threw the crying party had an art show mm-hmm. at a hangar in uh, Santa Monica Airport that also is an artist loft. Was the theme farting or another bodily function? No, it was just art. Oh. Right? And uh, so I drove all the way to Santa Monica to this airport. It was like a deserted – like, you know, it's like an airport on a, on a night. <laughs> on a random night that means nothing to anybody. Yeah. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, an, an airport. And uh, – so, so weird. Okay. Okay. So then I drive over there and it's, it's, you know, isolated and there's people at this party and I walk in, but all my friends who had said they were going weren't there. Ooh. Right. And they're like, oh, hi, who do you know? And I was like, and I'm looking around like, I don't know anybody. Right. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, uh, I'm friends with, I, I, I said, Chad, the guy who invited me They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. He's not here yet. I'm like, okay. But now I'm, I'm just with these random people. I don't know oh, anybody there. Oh, my God. So anxious. I'm, I'm so anxious at this point. Yeah. So then I go, oh, you guys. Oh, guys, I forgot something. And I got in my car <laughs> and drove away. Uh-huh. I was making my escape. 
But then right when we get into the freeway, uh, my friend Patrick Keene calls me. He goes, uh, where are you? We're all here. Like, Mike, I, it'd been like five minutes. Like, not so did even... you turn around and go back? I turned around and went back. Oh, good. And it, actually, I'm really glad I did because not only were, were the friends that I wanted to see there, you know, who I, but I'd just seen last week at the crying party, but also uh, friends that I hadn't seen in a really long time, people I'd started in comedy with. And uh, and they're still doing comedy. Some of them successful, you know. And I got to catch up with them. And that was really, really nice. It was a really, really – I landed up having a really good time. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, they had a giant – this is actually Mike. This was scary. So, because it was an art. It was an artist, right? So, he had a giant – I want to say life-size, which makes no sense. But I'll explain in a second. A giant Jenga set out front of the building. And to enter the party – you had to remove a Jenga piece. Okay. And Mike, this was not like the Jenga you're thinking of. This was like the pieces were like two by fours. And two like, fours. yeah, I don't even know them. I, I don't, Mike, I don't even know if they were really two by fours. I just said that because it sounded like big. Like how tall was the, the set? The whole thing? Six or seven feet. Okay. That's right? not that well, bad. Yeah. I think it was when it started off, though, because it fell several times. It would be like four feet. But you know, as you build, right. you know. And uh, by the time I got there, I, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be – it's going to fall, right? And uh, – but luckily I pulled it. It didn't fall. But it fell several times. I'm just so glad I was never the culprit for it falling. But, yeah, so it was one of those kinds of parties, right? And, uh, yeah. That was it was a good time art party. I almost got away, but I did not, and that's what happened. What's going on with you? Well, I wanted to tell you uh, about a guy that I I know named David. When I lived in Phoenix, I worked at the Boys and Girls Club. You remember this? I was the director of a Boys and Girls Club there. Yeah, you and, also worked at one in Orange County. Yeah, and David worked as the director of a Boys and Girls Club just down the street. So the did same any job of as the me. Boys ever grow up to be cute gay boys? Did any of the boys? Oh, for my club? Yeah. Because um, now I'm sure you have several that are well in their 20s now. Yeah, there's a couple that are, I know are gay. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, it's kind of hard to say cute, though. Like, it's very, like, fatherly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. hard to really see them sexually. Yeah, but, you me. know, but you know, let me relate to this. I, I've said this, and I'm being, Mike, you have to believe it on everything, because I would be honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. Is... Friend of the show, well, former listener of the show, I don't know if he still does, uh, Jacob Bixenman. Yeah, right? super hot, smoking hot. Smoking hot. I can acknowledge that, right? Yeah. And, uh, but I don't know why it is. I do not, and he's gay, a gay, smoking hot Ford model, male model, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I do not see him in a sexual way. I just don't. So I understand yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, there's. I mean, there are a couple of uh, kids, yeah, or young people that I used to supervise that I now know have grown up and are out of the closet or working their way out of the closet anyway. Um, but we, uh, I used to work with this guy David closely. He was just down the street, ran a club just like me. So we like worked closely because we shared a lot of resources and helped one and ano- one another out with like busing issues or whatever we just shared a lot because it was easy to do Mm -hmm. and since i met him i thought for sure he was gay i knew Mm -hmm. he was a homosexual um 
a few months after I met him, I learned that he was actually married to a woman. And then I kept getting like confusing signals like um, he would talk about how he was really into like pop music and like current top 40 stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But then he would also talk about how he's like a big football fan, like he likes playing football and watching football. So it was like very confusing signals. And at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? You are what you say you are. So if you say you're heterosexual and you have a wife and you're happy, cool. I'm glad you're happy, right? Nothing matters. Nothing matters. So I eventually move, and he eventually gets a job as a cop. And he he was, like, studying to do that. I guess it's not an easy process. Really? Um, I guess so. He was studying, or he, you know what? He was going to like night school for like a criminal justice degree, but then he eventually got a job as a cop. That's what happened. Um, and that was that. I mean, he quit the Boys and Girls Club. We're still Facebook friends, but um, that's it. Okay. Joey, cut to last week. Out All of right. the blue, I'm sitting in the office. Out I of get the a, closet. I get a Facebook chat, and he's like, hey, how's San Francisco treating you? How's your job? And blah, blah, blah. I update him on my life, whatever. Mm-hmm. But- that was kind of like random because uh, I haven't even spoken to him since I left Arizona. Yeah. Even before I left Arizona because I left Boys and Girls Club before I left Arizona. Oh, you did? Yeah, I worked at Yodel for like a year, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I hadn't spoke to him in, you know, three or four years. And he asked me about my new job, everything like that. And by the way, he used to own a restaurant in Phoenix. Well, his wife's family kind of gave them a restaurant when they got married zoe's kitchen no the wife managed the restaurant she worked there pita jungle and and so i was like hey david how's the restaurant going how's your wife everything like that and then i'm gonna read his message because it's funny to me how he Uh worded things he's like i know this seems random but i wanted to reach out and tell you some stuff Uh uh-oh so I'm like, oh, he's gay, yeah, right? He's, he's about to t- – I asked about his wife, and he says he wants to tell me stuff. So uh, I play dumb, and I'm like, oh, what's up? And he's like, well, I recently got a divorce, and now I'm with a guy. I'm telling you this because I always wanted to tell you that I'm gay, but you probably already knew, huh? How do you respond to that? I have one question that now maybe you said this, uh, and I didn't hear it. Uh, do we know the ethnicity of this person? Do I know it or do well, we? Well, do I? <laughs> do I know it? Um, I haven't told you it, no. Mm, interesting. Okay. <laughs> um. So I am just started thinking. I Did I write his last name on our show notes? Yeah, you did. I was playing the part okay. of the audience. <laughs> so you already know his ethnicity uh-huh. of it. I know it. Because it gives it away. But anyway yeah. – um, he w- How would you respond if someone who you've always thought was gay was like, well, you probably already knew I was gay, right? Do you say – I yeah, think I you're – well, no. Do you say I gayer it, than Christmas? Yeah. Uh, I think you respond diplomatically. I think you say like, you know, I just always took what you said at face value. Yeah, okay, good. That's kind of what I said. I was like, you know what? I suspected when I first met you, but once I learned about your wife and everything, I just thought my gaydar was off. Yeah. Um. So I started clicking through his Facebook because I really wanted to see this dude that he's dating, mm-hmm. but he's still super straight on Facebook. Like everything is like him in uniform. Well, I guess I could be kind of – Yeah, I was like, like what's straight about that? Him in uniform or him in like – 
you know, with one girl or like him with a couple friends, like nothing gay about it at all. But it's really strange for me to see people come out this late in life. Like it's such a different process Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because let's say, Joey, you were closeted until this moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. How old are you right now? 40. At age 40, you're closeted. You decide to come out. Do you contact your old coworkers? Like where, where do you stop? Who? No, I don't. Ca- I, no, I just continue with my life. I mean, I tell people who are, who I immediately see on a daily basis. You know, if if I run into them, you know, let's say I'm Joe Batant, I'm 40, I just came out, and I went to this party last night, the art show, right? Yeah. And I see those people I hadn't seen for a few years. Then I might when, tell, I might update when, them because I bumped into them. When they say like, "What's new?" Then you yeah. can say like, "Oh, well, yeah. nah, Now I'm being honest with them. Uh, what's new? I'm addicted to poppers, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So- you guys ever seen the show Looking? No. So, uh, yeah. Looking, by the way, filmed in my gay bar. Probably the episode tonight or maybe next week should be um, at the White Horse. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, are you excited? Um, Kind of. Do you watch? Uh, no, I don't watch Looking because I have this fear. It's like Queer as Folk. No, it's so much better than – well, it's so different than Queer as Folk. Um, it's actually, it's, I think it's really well written because it tackles like really deep issues, but it does it so, um, I don't know if covertly is the right word. Like this last episode talked a lot about like masculinity and like, um, gender roles almost. And like, but then at, at the end of it, you can also, if you just were a very superficial person, you could have just gotten a really basic story that you enjoyed. Like you, you don't have to read into it as deep as that. You only read in as deep as you want to, or or able to. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. I like it. It's all on HBO Go. You should yeah, catch it. Catch I'll check up. it out. Any uh, news stories from LA you want to talk about? Yes, Mike Lawson. The LAPD wants the Waze app to remove the cop tracking feature. Uh, Google-owned traffic app Waze, which directs drivers to shortcuts and less trafficked roads, has come under fire by police forces that want the cop tracking feature removed. Los Angeles Police Department Chief Charlie Beck wrote a letter to Google CEO Larry Page on December 30th, which the LA Times published, requesting that the feature be removed. I'm writing to alert you that your company's Waze app, as currently configured, poses a danger to the lives of police officers in the United States. The danger was just demonstrated by its use in the recent assassination of New York Police Department officers Rafael Ramos and Wen John Liu, right? Oh, okay. okay. I get the angle now, now yeah. that you say that. The letter was written just days after New Okay, blah, 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 blah. Look, by the way, very careful political warning there. The guy who shot them didn't use the Waze app. Right. But it says, notice the, the double speak there sort of though. That danger was just demonstrated. It just demonstrates the danger. No, listen, fucker. You know, uh, it, no, you're wrong. If, if, if they get to, if the LAPD and police stations get to tap into our phones or, you know, that, okay, now you, okay, you're like, okay, you're getting all conspiracy theories here. No, I'm actually going to go with something that happens to all of us every day, which is, and you may or may not know this, but I know the ACLU, is all up in arms about this. But do you know that the cops, I can't speak for the Bay Area, but I know LAPD, when they drive around their patrol cars, the the cops are built in with these cameras that have the ability to scan every single uh, license plate that they're driving around 
and immediately check it to see if it's a stolen car or if it's, you know, whatever. So, you mm-hmm. know, just look up every license plate automatically, just stores it. Now, the ACLU doesn't have a problem with that. What they have a problem with is that the, the police departments are holding that information and storing it for indefinite amounts of time, right? Which they're like, well, why do you, once you check the car and it's okay, why do you still need to keep that information? You know, so they love knowing where we are all the time. They love tapping into our shit. They, they want to, you know, Patriot Act this and, you know, Obamacare and, uh, John McCain and ISIS, you know, and I'm just shouting words. But, uh, but now when we're like, Hey, there's a speed trap on Lincoln and Rose, they're like, Oh, you can't tell who the cops are, you know, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. I understand the angle now that you read the story, but I really do think like having police scanners been around forever. Like, isn't that a yeah. thing where we could kind of figure stuff out and like, why aren't they going after that? If yeah. you're really just concerned about people knowing where cops are, yeah. but like the public does have a right to view the cops. Like we're allowed to take pictures of them and video of them. Like all of that is totally legal. Knowing where they are, I think is legal. I don't know. It's, it's, it's. It, I think this is going to be an interesting story to see how it turns out because there's so much going on in the news about like the public's right to live and mm-hmm. the police and their right to do their job. Like it's a it's a complicated line to draw, right? Yeah. Well, I know, and they're going to start saying police safety this and police safety that bullshit. You know, we have to live in a we have to live in a world where things are a little more dangerous for us. And okay, I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, don't kill people. And then people won't want to kill you. Do you think that um, this is really just about like speeding ticket revenue? Or do you think that this is – you're saying fuck that. But do you think that this is about police safety? Like that's where it, this was born? Or where, why do you think they're doing this? The I wouldn't say it's necessarily overtly about speeding t- – I don't see why the chief of police cares about whether City Hall gets its money for speeding tech revenue. But I do think – I just think cops are just really – very there's for some i'm not saying all comps and i'm not saying cops are always like this but there's this weird uh momentum right now it's in the air we're caught there's it's becoming the the citizens and cops have a very adversarial relationship right now and so now they're just they're you know you know whether it be the military or whether it be the police officers they're always going to fight for their way to get the most that they want you know, uh, if they want ultimate privacy or they want to get into your stuff, they're going to fight and fight. And it's up to the our representatives to fight for us and push it back on that. You know, that's the check and balance. But um, now it's getting ridiculous where they don't even care anymore. You know, like I know you didn't want to do this news story this week and you didn't do it. But that when that cop arrested that lawyer and here's here's the funny thing before I have any, uh, you know, listeners and i have one in mind who get mad at me or whatever um you know i'm i'm actually most of the time kind of on the cop side like i like to listen whoops like i like to listen to both sides of the argument but now it's getting fucking ridiculous it really is when that cop arrested that uh public defender in san francisco if you don't know the story uh there was uh, a guy in the hallway and the cops approached uh, and his his lawyer she wasn't there yet, right? She walked up and this cop was talking to her client and show, and he wanted to take pictures of the client and she stepped in and said, no, you can't take a picture of him. I'm not letting that happen. And he arrested her. And 
It's ridiculous. I encourage anyone to see the video. It'll make you so angry. And that cop's an a-hole, who, by the way, is under investigation already anyway for something else. So, and made me so angry when I saw that. It's, it, there's a problem. It's a huge, huge, huge problem. Do, Do you think that a problem is um, the that this has always happened and now people are just filming it more frequently? Or do you think – like I I think that cell phones um, and the access to a camera in our pocket is one thing. But I think also now that more people are exposing some shady stuff happening by cops, it's more intuitive for people to grab their phone when a cop comes near them. Well, yeah, because you know what's scary. What's happening is uh, – because you know there was a time where the cops weren't being filmed. Right then, there was a time we had a, a, a an a, an era where cops could be filmed, and so when a camera came out, they would they would change their tune. Right now, we're filming cops, and they just don't give a shit anymore. I just saw this video from Seattle on Reddit, and it's a a, a woman cop, a female cop. It's her it's her camera in her car. The story, the the headline that went with it, by the way, was that Seattle Police Department uh, formally apologized to the black man in this video, an elderly black man, right? But she just drives up. You're you're in her car, in her dash cam, drives up to him for no reason. He's just standing there, and I guess he's really poor, so he uses a golf club as a cane, Mm -hmm. right? And she starts screaming like, Mike, for no reason. The guy's just standing there waiting to cross the street, and she goes... Put the cane down! Like, gets out of her car. And he's like, uh, well, I'm not doing it. And she's like, put it down, sir. And he goes like, and he like lifts it up to say like this. Not the cane, the golf club. This. And she goes, you just swung it at me. You just swung your club at me. And he was like, no, I didn't. And he's like, get somebody over here. And he starts like fighting with her because now he's like, what is going on? And you're like, wow, she has a dash cam. Because she, she says, it's on camera, sir. It's on camera that you swung your golf club at me so she knows she's being recorded. yeah she didn't and, forget no mike if you saw you'd be like what the fuck is wrong with this woman right and it's ridiculous and i think they just don't care let me look at the one with the lawyer i just talked about he the guy knows he's being filmed he just doesn't give a shit they don't give a shit anymore well they didn't rough house that the uh public defender though no, they like, did they they arrested her and you're saying that you don't think she deserved to be arrested but so I, I think that that's a little bit different. They knew they were being filmed, but they also felt that they were in the right. It wasn't like they were over. Well, I guess that's not Mike, exactly the case. They arrested her on a charge of resisting arrest. No, I know, and she didn't. I, no, I agree with you, but they they felt that she was getting in their way. Yeah, that's a and, problem. Yeah, I'm really upset about this, Mike. I could tell. <laughs> What's going on in the Bay Area? Oh, this is also very upsetting. Uh, there's a concert venue up here called New Parish. It's mm-hmm. in Oakland. Um, I've been there a couple times. Uh, most recently, I went with Christina from Greetings from Nowhere. We saw uh, comedian um, W. Kamau Bell. Kamau Bell. Um, and Joey, they reserve a certain number of seats for VIPs and for contest winners and the media radio station giveaways, things like that. And a few months ago, the owner of New Parish was notified that their VIP tickets were getting sold on Craigslist. So seats that they had put aside to give away to their contacts for promotion 
were getting sold. So the owner eventually figured out that it that the tickets getting sold were coming from uh, the giveaways they gave to a place called Mutiny Radio. Okay. And he even narrowed it down more specifically to one specific DJ, someone named oh. D- DJ Aisha. So he emailed her and he basically said, we're on to you and this is low and that's not what we give you tickets for. Mm-hmm. And her response said, we got to make money, basically. Who? What? what? Who? She said, we got to make money. And he was like, well, I think this is illegal. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I don't think I it don't is think illegal. it is. Yeah. But her response was, uh, and I'm going to read it because I liked it. He said, she said, haven't you seen that episode of Leave it to Beaver? What? Uh, where Beaver collects water to sell before the water from his neighborhood is shut off? What we are doing is an illegal, just opportunistic and purely capitalist. And then she put a link to the California Penal Code uh, number 346, which governs ticket scalping and says that it's only illegal to sell tickets that were bought for the purpose of resale for more than the face value on the grounds of the event venue without the written permission of the event sponsor. So that's pretty much the story. But what's kind of weird about it is then at the end of this news story did you read it by the way it was really no no i didn't read it the strange part is that at the end of it mutiny radio was contacted and they were saying they have nothing to do with this the dj in question had nothing to do with this the owner uh was emailing somebody else and not their dj they don't know what this is about and then that's kind of where the story ends but which is really bizarre to me. Like there was no news reporting. It was basically just like read these emails and then write a, a news story about it. But my question, Joey, would yeah. you still buy a ticket if you knew you were participating in some sort of like racket like this? Like the person got the tickets for free and then they're selling them to make a profit? Is the ticket – I have two points on this. Is the ticket going to work when I get there? That's that. That would be a big concern for me. I freak out when I do like StubHub or anything like well, that. Well, those are guaranteed, aren't they? Well, yeah, but no, I don't. Yeah, think they, no, have. I think they have StubHub guarantees. Well, guarantees, so I'll get my money back. But I don't want to show up at a, an event and oh, like my God, yeah. have it not ring in. Yeah, God forbid a ticket goes unused at a show you go to. Oh my God, and it <laughs> that would be awful. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> It'd be awful. Yeah. Uh, but would you buy a ticket if you knew that the person got it for free and was supposed to be giving it away? Yes. However, that being said, you know, I'm a member of a private club for magicians in Los Angeles called uh, the Academy of Magical Arts, whose clubhouse is the Magic Castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we get guest cards. We get an unlimited number of guest cards to hand out to people. That we think, you know, would behave and go should go to the Magic Castle. However, we know, we are told explicitly, and we are supposed to tell the people that uh, we give these passes to that they're not for resale. And the Magic Castle has a pretty, for the Magic Castle, by the way, not necessarily in real life, but for the Magic Castle has pretty extensive, like, bots that scan, like, it scans the major sites, like Craigslist and eBay. Mm-hmm. looking for any passes that are for sale and it has them shut down immediately. I mean, that pass is not for sale for more than an hour or two and it's shut down. And I approve of that. I don't think that these, you know, they they tell you, you can't sell these. The card says on it, you can't sell it. And uh, so I, I like it when they shut these people down. However, that being said, as the consumer, if someone says I have an extra ticket to a meet and greet with uh 
you know, One Direction and uh, Harry Styles is going to kiss Justin Bieber, hmm, I might buy that ticket. Well, what if, um... What do you what think if, of this Harry Styles? I don't have a lot of feelings about him. He's the blonde one? No. No, he's the the dark one with the weird face and the good hair. Is he Indian? No. Who's the Indian one? Indian one. I think I like I don't, him. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know who I don't even know Harry oh, Styles. Oh, Harry Styles, his hair is awful. Uh, well, you know, I will say this. I don't know what picture you're looking at. He's gotten really he, – okay, two things. He's doing something weird with his look that does not look good. But two, he has a very British look where he's going to be cute for like two years and then get really gross really fast. You can if tell you, it. If you want to know who the Indian one is, go to that Indian guy from OneDirection.tumblr.com, and it's just pictures of him. <laughs> well, you know there's another thing, too, and I think it's the Indian guy where there's several videos where he clearly has a boner in some of the shots. Mm-hmm. And there's a Tumblr devoted to that, too. I love Tumblr. Um, Wait, where are we at? Do what I do we a talking about? now? Promotional tickets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the point is, uh, look, if it was a ticket, like if it was, let's legitimately say, like, what's a show I would like to go to? Let's say Rufus Wainwright was going to be in town. And someone said, like, hey, I got this ticket for free. I'll sell it to you for like 20 bucks. And it retails for 80. Yeah, fuck, I'll buy it. And I I know that works. It's like a friend of mine. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think friend thing is different because you're helping a friend out, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I feel like that's different. What else is happening in L.A.? Mike, Suge Knight is accused of murder, and the lawyer says he was fleeing for his life. Former rap music mogul Marion Suge Knight was fleeing for his life when he allegedly ran over two people, killing one of them in Compton on Thursday afternoon, his attorney James Blatt says. A group of people attacked Knight and threatened to kill him and were attempting to drag him outside of the vehicle when he made an effort to escape in fear for his life, Blatt told the Los Angeles Times on Friday morning. But police have a different view. After interviewing the one-time hip-hop mogul, Los Angeles County detectives arrested him on suspicion of murder. Mike Lawson, my question to you. Do you know who Suge Knight is? I mean, I've heard of him. I don't know too much about him. I really don't know anything about this person. Um, He's he's on Death Row Records, right? What is that? I think he's the founder of Death Row Records. But what is it? It's a music label. Who do they have on it? Um, Suge Knight. Oh, is he a rapper? Now you're making me look bad. I don't know. I don't know either, Mike. I'm telling you, I'm not doing it as a quiz. I don't know. Well, he is the founder of uh, uh, Death Row Records, and he dominated the rap charts after Dr. Dre's breakthrough album, The Chronic, in 1992. And he signed Tupac, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Outlaws, the, The Dog Pound. I know those are people. Yeah. Um, I guess he has a lot of personal and legal troubles. In 96, he went to prison for probation violation. In 97, he was sentenced to nine years for the violation. Um, 2003, he was sent to prison again for violating parole when he struck a parking lot attendant. 2006, he engaged in another dispute with a former friend and ex-associate Snoop Dogg after Snoop insulted him in Rolling Stone. So he's got a lot of drama, and it goes, oh my god, it goes on and on and on. Look at this and guy had a temper. On uh, 
January 29th, 2015, that's when he supposedly ran over these people you're talking about. He said that he, he there was no damage to his card. Like, he claims he didn't even know he did it. Did you know that? Bullshit, Mike. Like, you, like someone will drop, like, a cup of soda or something in the freeway, you mm-hmm. know? And I'll run over it and my car will go, doon, doon. You know, yeah. like a paper cup, you know? Yeah, like, adrenaline is running. Like, maybe he knew he hit them, but he didn't know he, like, ran over and killed them. Do you think that's possible? I I, I think – I look, if this guy had no history of doing this shit, then I would be like, okay, maybe. Okay, yeah. But, look, no, come on. He was driving the car when Tupac was shot. Yeah. I don't he, – he lives a rough life. Death Row Records is the name of his company. So. Or was he driving the car when Notorious B.I.G. was shot? I don't know the difference. There is a difference, though. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know which. I don't know anything about those cases. Was Philip around? Um, in 1996, he was at the wheel of a BMW in Las Vegas when a passenger and popular rapper Tupac Shakur was shot by gunmen in another vehicle. Shakur died a week later, and the case has never been solved. Hmm. I look so. in that case too. That sounds very, very sketchy, Mike Lawson. It's super sketchy. Sounds like, I a, don't... Uh, like another uh, case for cereal. <laughs> I actually have a – this one's kind of a weird story that kind of is um, bizarre, but it also involves murder. On Wednesday, cops were called to a Soma neighborhood because someone had found a suspicious piece of luggage. So it was like um, between – uh, market and mission on 11th there was this roller type luggage which by the way who carries luggage anymore of course it was a roller luggage but uh, they closed traffic around it because it was suspicious and they thought it might be a bomb but the luggage actually contained human body parts mm-hmm. and the torso was inside the luggage they eventually found other body parts in a nearby trash can so and... you're saying it was carry on That's a really subtle joke, and only, I think, maybe Daniel Brewer and maybe West Stone will get those jokes. I don't get it. I'm going to let you sit with that joke for a while. Like, because the person's name was Carrie? Nope. Well, was it really? No, oh. it wasn't, but is that why you were saying it? Cause it's no. Because uh, there were no I, know, I don't want to explain. I'll explain it on the next episode. That'll be the puzzle. If you think you understand that joke, if you can give me the solution... Post it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash CU podcast. Yeah. What was the so, joke again? Because it was carry on. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yep. That, you're right. That's, that's it. So the torso's there. They find it. Uh, other body parts in nearby trash cans. Um, since I put this on our show notes to talk about, they have arrested a person of interest, 59-year-old Mark Andrus. Uh, they looked at security footage from surrounding businesses and figured out that it was him. Mm-hmm. They arrested him. They took him out of his apartment. He was wearing a sheet over his head when they did it. Mm-hmm. And question, Joey, with your recent weight loss, do you think that your torso, torso would fit in a suitcase? Oh, good God, no. Not yet. Maybe by like no May. arms, no legs, just the oh. torso. Um. Yeah, it it would be a tight fit, but yes. And you have to do that thing where you extend – the zippers or something like that, <laughs> you know? But uh-huh. I, th- I think it could be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, 
I don't know why he killed her. But he definitely has a lot of baggage. What What's going on with you uh, next week? Wait, did you do both your stories? I did do yeah. both my stories. Mike, how, look, here's the thing. We have a problem. What? The problem is this. In the early days of the show, we would have, like, too many stories, and the show would be 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. We had the weakest personal stories, both of us, this week. Like, stretches for personal stories. Stretches for news stories. Mm-hmm. And we're still almost at an hour. Yeah. We can talk. Okay. Uh, tomorrow, I'm having dinner with um, my my friend, Mercedes. I wouldn't say friend of the show, because she doesn't listen. She... Openly says she does not listen to the show. She hates her show. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least she doesn't even like. Chris gives us the excuse of, "Oh, it's just too interesting." <laughs> She's just or like, it's better than like people that are like, "Yeah, I listen," and then you start ta- telling a story, and they're like, "Oh, is that your mom?" And you're like, "No, I've already talked about this on the show." Actually, she does listen. have a good excuse. Her excuse is that, but she, let me tell you, it took her a while to come up with this excuse. Her excuse is that she only listens to podcasts when she's driving, but she always has her kids in the car. And so she never knows when we're going to talk about something inappropriate. Yeah, all the time. This is not a kid-friendly show. No. I don't think we're, like, super vulgar, but... We've gotten better in the early days, though, when she would try to listen. We we were really vulgar. So that's tomorrow. What else? And then a uh, friend of the show, Beth, uh, we are celebrating her birthday on Wednesday. Oh, happy birthday, Beth. By the way... Let me tell you this story. So the emails going around among our friends, uh, it's like, uh, we're going to get together for best birthday. Anyone have any suggestions? No one throws out any suggestions. I send out two suggestions. I send out uh, the restaurant where Cameron works, which is sort of a nice hip restaurant, right? And I throw out this other like divey restaurant in Newport Beach that would be kind of funny to go to, but they have a really good happy hour, right? I gave two, a really cheap and a really high end, right? No one responds to mine. And then the girl who sent out the email goes, great, we'll meet at Pitfire Pizza on Wednesday. I was like, what? Like, no one even acknowledging that I suggested anything? Did you <laughs> – do you think that they, like, decided on that in a separate thread or – I don't know. It was just rude, though. At least say, like, oh, Joey, we talked about this somewhere else and we're going to do it at Pitfire Pizza. That's funny. Yeah. So you're going to Pitfire Pizza. On Wednesday, if anyone wants to meet up with Joe. Costa Mesa. Yeah, Costa Costa Mesa. Mesa. Pitfire Pizza. Wednesday at 6 p.m. Joe's buying. Yeah. (laughs) He's buying all right. Uh, uh, I have a a new boss. Uh, We've talked about this a little bit. And so my new boss is in town this week, so I'll be doing some uh, new boss stuff. And that's it. It's going to be such a boring week. Um, Yeah. It's going to be slow for a while, kids. I'm trying to lose weight, so I, I try to do as little as possible. Yeah. The most exciting thing I did this past week was go to Del Taco to try their turkey tacos. How were they? You know, Mike Lawson? <laughs> they're really good. They give you a lot of meat, and they're 150 calories each. I love Del Taco. Oh, that's right. We, you don't have any by you. We have one in Oakland near the airport, but it's not accessible really. Oh, yeah. They have, these new, they have this new like low-cal menu. It's actually really good. Mm. Which is sad, Mike, because I told you about other places that have really good locale menus. None of them are by you. Yep. Well, there's a lot of good food near me. I'm not complaining. That is true. But, you know, like sometimes you want like a really good uh, 
consistent meal. chain. I want a consistent yeah. meal that's always the same calories. There's a lot of like ma and pa places, which is awesome. But yeah. how come like my bread here last week was like maybe the sandwich was like a six inch sub, and now it's like fourteen inches. Yeah, exactly. Same price, but yeah. like the bread. You just want got consistency, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone listening, if you have an El Pollo Loco next, I can't even talk. If you have an El Pollo Loco next to you and you're trying to lose weight, their under five hundred calorie menu is excellent. Thank you. All right, Joey. Uh, nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.